Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler, and today I am chatting with Michelle Seiler-Tucker. Michelle is the founder and CEO of Seiler-Tucker and can be found at SeilerTucker.com. That's S-E-I-L-E-R-T-U-C-K-E-R.com. Michelle, welcome to the Future of Influence. Thank you for having me, Sandy. It's a pleasure to be here. So Michelle, For people who are just listening, they don't know, but those watching the video see behind you, we have these wonderful Siler Tucker and Exit Rich signs. So could you tell us, tell us first a little about Siler Tucker, and then we want to hear about what Exit Rich has to do with that. Sure. So I'm Michelle Siler Tucker. (laughs) My firm is also Siler Tucker. We're a mergers and acquisitions firm. I've been in business for a little over 20 years. We have sold over a thousand businesses. I personally have sold over five hundred. Uh, <clears throat> on average, you know, we're different than your typical M and A firm, brokerage firm, because number one, I own many different businesses and different verticals. So I have been on the business owner side. I know what the business owner goes through on a daily basis. We also um, get our clients. You know, ninety. We typically close about ninety-eight percent of all offers I write. And in addition to that, we get our clients 20 to 40% more higher selling price than what the business appraises for. We really specialize in buying, selling, fixing, and growing companies. Eight out of 10 businesses will not sell, according to Steve Forbes. So we really work with the business owner to tweak the business to make sure that it's operating on what we call all the ST6Ps, all six cylinders. And we help the business owner plan their exit and put them on a build-to-sell model. Uh, I buy businesses and flip them. We sell businesses. We merge them. I also partner with business owners, investing our, my money. I was going to say our money, but my money, <laughs> time, energy, effort, and expertise and resources in which to put that company on a build-to-sell program. So tell us a little bit about a business owner who would be a good fit for what you're doing to be on the build-to-sell program, to be planning their exit strategy. long before they actually want to exit. Sure. And, you know, that's, that's a good question because we had a gentleman call us up earlier today and he said, you know, I'm not quite ready. I don't want to sell for, you know, one to three years. And I said, well, if you want to sell for one to three years, you need to start now. You don't wait. And then in a year, then put the, you know, then start doing all the work. So you really need to look at, you need to look at where your business is today and I always tell my business owners to plan what I call the, the STGPS exit model. And I'll, I'll run you through that really quickly. I'll run the listeners through that really quickly. Um, and then once, once you figure out that GPS exit model, then that's really when you should be in what we call our build to sell program so that we can help get you closer to your desired price tag. Cause that might take two years. It might take three years. It might take five years. And so the GPS exit model is, Number one, Sandy, when you want to drive somewhere, what do you do? You pull out your phone, you go to Google Maps, and you plug in your destination. Destination. <laughs> destination. If you don't, if you don't plug in a destination, what are you going to do? <laughs> drive around in circles. 
Stay in your driveway or drive around in circles. You're going to be stuck or you're going to drive around. And that's a problem with most business owners. You know, like I said, 80% of businesses don't sell. And the main reason for that is because business owners don't think about selling until a catastrophic event has occurred. And that could be internal, which is health issues, partners, dispute, divorce, death, external is this pandemic we're living in. And that's the worst time to sell your business because when you're trying to sell there in a catastrophic event, your business is typically going downward. You want to sell when your business is going up. So we get our business owners to determine what is your destination because <laughs> they don't have one. You know, business owners don't plan to fail. They fail to plan. And if they don't have a destination, they're going to drive around in circles and up and down the financial hills to end up broke one day or end up exiting poor, not rich. So we work with our clients to pick that number, pick that desired sales price. And a lot of clients get hung up on a number. I'm like, just pick a number. (laughs) So let's say you want to sell for $10 million. There's a start. You got to start somewhere, right? Then what does the the GPSX model need to know? It needs to know where you're starting from. What is your current location? In other words, what is your current valuation? What is your business worth today? And most business owners have no idea what their business is worth because they've never had a business evaluation. And I have never met a business owner that gets a business evaluation once a year. We go to the doctor once a year to make sure our heart's still ticking and we're still kicking. We drive our car to the mechanic to make sure our our car is in great shape and it has an annual tune-up. So it's really financial suicide not to get an annual business valuation checkup because there are events that increase your valuation. There are events that decrease your valuation. Just like this pandemic right now has decreased the valuation of several different industries. So you always want to know what your business is worth. So let's say you want to sell for 10 million and currently you're worth a million. The next thing you need to know is time frame. What time frame do you want to do this in? Let's say you want to do this in 10 years. Then you need to know, well, who's your buyer is going to be? Who's my buyer is going to be? And I say buyers, not buyer, because if you just put all your eggs in one buyer's basket, I can guarantee you that buyer probably will not close on the sale of your business because something will fall apart in due diligence. And then you have no backup buyers. Plus, how can you ever maximize value and get the highest price when you're dealing with one buyer and you have no competition? So there's five types of buyers. 90% of buyers are first-time buyers. First-time buyers don't buy $10 million companies. The second type of buyers turnaround specialists. They buy distressed assets. And then they turn around and sell them for a profit. They don't buy $10 million companies. So then there's private equity groups, pegs, and there's strategic slash competitors. Strategic slash competitors, a lot of times, will pay the highest multiple because they're buying synergies. And then you have the sophisticated entrepreneur who's industry agnostic and they chase cash flow. So those three types of buyers will be right for a $10 million company. But then you need to know, where you got to reverse engineer the plan and figure out where the numbers have to be. Where does your gross revenue have to be? If you want to sell for $10 million, where's your EBITDA need to be? EBITDA is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. So you need to be at least $1.5 to $2 million in EBITDA in order to sell for $10 million. And then you need to know what synergies, what criteria do buyers look for? What are they looking to pay for? And then you need to build the business based upon those synergies that those three groups of buyers look for when they buy businesses and what they're willing to pay top dollar for. And then the last component of all of this is your why. You know, why do you want to sell a business for $10 million? If it was easy, everyone would be doing it. So you got to have a strong enough why, a powerful enough why to stay in the game. So what we do is we work with our business owners to help them identify 
their exit plan, what I just went through. And then we help them really determine, you know, what's the best time to sell the seller's mindset and what are they going to do next? Because if I don't help them plan their beginning strategy, there will be no exit strategy. <laughs> they'll get cold feet and they'll sabotage a deal every time. And then we work with our clients to build the infrastructure to run on all six Ps. Michelle, how did you come to do this work? <laughs> there was, there's a lot of specialized expertise there. Yeah, I haven't even gotten into the six Ps. What's that? It's, and it goes, it spans a wide range of, of knowledge base. This isn't, this isn't a tall, skinny tower. This is a tall <laughs> tower. <laughs> so yes, and I haven't even gotten into six Ps or valuations or negotiations or due diligence or any of that. Um, I've, I've always been an entrepreneur. I've owned many different businesses in different verticals. I, um, before I got into mergers and acquisitions, I did franchise sales, franchise development, franchise consulting. And I had an equity share in, in different franchisors' businesses. And so I've always been, you know, I've always known about business. I know what works, what doesn't work. And really, like we talk about the six Ps, the six Ps, the infrastructure, running your business on all six cylinders is the same for any industry. It doesn't matter if you have an e-commerce business or a SaaS business or a manufacturing company. The fundamentals are the same. And I think people don't realize that. People don't realize that. We all that. think people that we're like, special. special. I know. <laughs> I know. I have clients who are like, Michelle, have you sold a business in this specific industry? I'm like, you know, we've sold over a thousand businesses in pretty much every vertical. I can't remember exactly every single industry we've ever sold in, but the fundamentals are the same. The fundamentals to, to growing it, to fixing a business, to growing a business, to scaling a business, and then to selling a business, the fundamentals are the same regardless of the industry. Now there's different nuances, of course, you know, if we're selling a SaaS business, there's a lot different nuances in selling a SaaS company than there is in selling a distribution company, but the fundamentals are the same in growing and scaling and selling. Well, you mentioned it, you went through your whole career path very quickly there. What came to me? (laughs) Because I don't like to talk about me. I like to talk about content to help business owners Build a scalable, sellable business. Yes, it's a, well, it's a it, thing I'm working on. <laughs> it seems that one of the things that likely helped you build the business you have now was the influence you gained through that career path. Right. Could you tell us a little bit about, one, how you increased your influence as you went along that path, and then how you leveraged that in building your current business? Well, I have, I have many companies. So my M&A firm is not the only company I have. I have medical legal marketing companies. I have practice, medical practices. I have a graphics company. I have a lot of different businesses. At any given time, I have five to 10 businesses that I'm building to sell. So as you, as you built each one, mm-hmm. you, you utilized the, the influence and the connections that you made in the prior businesses. Yes. And also speaking on stage, I've spoke on many stages when there were stages <laughs> and that worked with a lot of successful, successful entrepreneurs. Um, on my podcast yesterday, I actually interviewed Dr. Nito Cabane, who's a president of High Point University, and he's on the board of Lazy Boy, Great Harvest Bread Company, 
um, and, a, and a bunch of other businesses, multi-billion dollar companies. And I met him at a couple of different conferences. He's like, Michelle, I remember you from speaking on stage. So I have really a great network um, that of, of successful entrepreneurs that I call from time to time that I bounce ideas off of that sometimes I bring into partner with me on a certain business. And um, I've really gained, you know, a great deal of wisdom and a great deal of connections and relationship capital uh, through some of these different speaking engagements. I used to speak all over the United States before this pandemic occurred. You mentioned your podcast. What's the name of your podcast? It's right behind me, Exit Rich. (laughs) And I assume available on any podcast player. Yes. So as you built these different businesses, bought different businesses, however you've acquired them, do you find that there were common there were challenges that were common across those? Mm-hmm. Yes, pretty much all the, the challenges are the same. <laughs> all the challenges are the same. Um, and you know, it's funny because I always say that you can only grow a business as much as you can grow the owner. You can't grow a business beyond what you can grow the owner. And if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever watched Marcus Lemonis, The Prophet on CNBC, but he goes in to fix their businesses and he tells them exactly what to do, just like I do. And they say they're going to do it and then they don't do anything or they do the opposite of what you told them to do. So it is challenging. And that's why I'm extremely particular if I'm going to partner with somebody that I really date them for a while first now (laughs) and make sure that I can be married to them for a while because... It is difficult because you're going in there telling someone what they should be doing in their business and they take it as they take it personally because they think of their business as their baby. So instead of taking as constructive feedback and listening to the experts, they take it personally and then they don't do anything or they do the opposite. And, you know, that's the biggest issue in trying to fix and grow a business is the owners. I always say the fish fish drinks, fish drinks from the head. <laughs> so if you're, you well, you are speaking to business owners, right? Yep. If we promised, Michelle, you tell us to do one thing and we absolutely promise we will do it. What would you tell us to do? Yeah, first of all, you're going to promise you're not going to do it. <laughs> That's number one. But I would, I would, the first thing I do is I go in and evaluate, it's hard for me to tell you what to do because I got to go in and evaluate the business, but I can tell you what the common mistakes are and the common bottlenecks are. So one of the biggest common bottlenecks is that business owners work in their business instead of working on their business. So they're stuck in the weeds and they're doing all these different things when they really are the visionary and they should be the one working on the business, growing the business, they should have an integrator and then they should have teams doing everything else. So P, you know, my six P's, people is the very first P. And so most business owners don't have, most business owners are not focusing on their strengths. They're focusing on everything, including mostly their weaknesses. So I tell business owners, let's get you focused on the strengths. That's the most important thing. Let's hire your weaknesses. Let's get the right people in the right seats. And then let's ask the who question. Who opens the doors? Who deals with customer service? Who deals with marketing, accounting, legal, banking? 
who deals with manufacturing, logistics, environmental, who, who, who. The clue is we don't want the owner's name to be next to any of the who's. And so that's the biggest bottleneck is that the business is a thousand percent based upon that owner. And if I pull that owner out of the business, there is no business. So that's number one bottleneck. That's the biggest. (laughs) And working on that one will impact every aspect of the company. That will impact every aspect of the company. I mean, there's other, you know, the other five P's that they have to work on, but it absolutely will impact every aspect. Because if you have a business, like I partnered with a graphics company um, a few years ago, they called me about selling their business. And the owner called me, it's husband and wife, and it was a graphics business. They specialized in vehicle wraps for first responders. So all the police cars you see on the street, ambulances, fire trucks, that's their vehicle wraps. Great company. Service is a niche. And out of the six P's, they were operating on three, but they had no people. It was husband and wife, one employee. They were working 14 to 16 hours a week out of their home garage office. And they were about to kill each other. <laughs> and you know, and the owner said to me, Michelle, I don't have the business acumen to grow this company to the next level. Well, he wanted me to sell the business. I said, you're not sellable. I'll take you out of the business. There is no business because they were the business. So anyway, I ended up partnering with them. Years later, he comes up with all these ideas and all these great inventions. He does have the business acumen, but they were stuck in doing everything. They were doing customer service. They were doing the estimates. They were doing the artwork. They were doing the installs. They were invoicing, you know, but they weren't even sending out the invoices because they were too busy. (laughs) So, and then they weren't really collecting any money because they were too busy to make the collection calls. And so they were so in the business that they really had a glorified job that they want to work at every day versus a business that actually works for them. And that's the biggest bottleneck is the business owner. It's always the business owners. Very seldom is it not the business owner. <laughs> and most business owners create a job that, that they go to work at every day versus a job, that a business that works for them. So that's bottleneck number one. All right. And you've accumulated all of this knowledge and you are sharing it in Exit Rich. Would you just tell us briefly about that and where we can find it? Sure. So yes, I have accumulate, accumulated all this knowledge over the last 20 years. Um, Exit Rich is endorsed by Steve Forbes. He said, Exit Rich is a gold mine for those entrepreneurs who leave way too much money on the table when they go to sell their business. My co-author is Sharon Lecter, who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. She's a New York Times bestselling author of five times. You're smiling like you know her. <laughs> and she's a CPA, financial literacy expert, the advisor to many different presidents. And she writes the Mentor's Corner after every chapter from her perspective. And then Kevin Harrington, the original Shark on Shark Tank, is writes the forward for us. And it's also been endorsed by Brian Tracy, Tom Hopkins, Jack Canfield, Mark Victor Hansen. So Exit Rich comes out in June, um, June 16th. And so anybody who buys the book now in pre-sales at exitrichbook.com, you can buy the book for $24.79, which is less than Amazon. You don't have to wait till June. We will email you the digital download immediately. We will ship the hardcover to your doorstep to anybody that lives in the United States. Plus, we will give you a lifetime membership into Exit Rich Book Club, where there's a lot of video content of me doing deep dives, really taking you on deep dives in these different techniques and strategies that I've been teaching over the last 20 plus years. 
Plus there's documents, documents to operate your business, documents to sell your business. Most of these documents, business owners have never seen. Sample employee handbooks, non-competes, operation manuals, you know, policy and procedure manuals. You think it's simple, but I tell you, a lot of business owners never even seen one, <laughs> org charts. And then to sell your business, we have samples, letter of intents, purchase agreements, due diligence checklists, closing docs, all of these documents and more are there for your review and your immediate download. And if you went to an attorney to try to recreate all these, it would cost you over $30,000. They're yours. You can use the templates if you buy Exit Rich before the launch date. Plus, we're giving a 30-day 30 30-day 30 free trial into club CEOs, 30 days for free. And it's an entrepreneur mastermind where we really ask those transformational questions to figure out where you are, what your bottlenecks are, what you're, you know, what's holding you back so that we can help you build that sustainable, scalable business. And when you're ready, sellable. So you too can exit rich. All for $24.79 at Exit Rich Book Club. Well, that's exitrichbook.com. What's that? That sounds fantastic, Michelle, and I appreciate you taking the time to be here with us today and to share the wisdom that you shared with us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sandy, for interviewing me. It's a pleasure being with you. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time.